it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hello, Dolphin fans. Yes, that's right. We're back with yet another season of previews and reviews of your Miami Dolphins. Each week, we will discuss the upcoming game, analyzing the opponent, and then follow every game with a review show with all the highs and lows of the game. This season looks to be one of the most exciting seasons we have had in a good while, and we are really, truly excited to be there every step of the way. So please look for us and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Please feel free to leave comments after each show as we truly appreciate any feedback. Now let's kick off this week's show. And it's another FinFans podcast. Uh, With me today are the Ragonis. Miami has Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. Okay, sorry, done? guys. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. How'd that I sound, I want guys? to enlighten our uh, listening audience. You know, when we go into this program to, to connect and talk to each other, uh, these guys go in there and they make up their names. Now, Chris used Philly cheesesteaks, so I think maybe he's thinking about food already this morning. And uh, Lewis decided to name himself Glenn Blackwood. Right. You know the significance behind that, Mike? I do not. You better think hard. Think about an Eagle-Dolphin game. Are we talking 1981? There you go. Are we talking 13 to 10? Yes. Are we talking against the Eagles? Yes. I remember. Jaworski interception. Glenn Blackwood, our safety. I thought it was Lyle. (laughs) No, I don't. My memory's fading. (laughs) You know what? I think I'm almost certain it was Glenn, but uh, you know we'd have to look at it. But I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm pretty sure it was Glenn. It was one of the two of them, that's for certain. Anyway, Chris, the quarterback on the Eagles, it was a, we won, we wound up winning thirteen to ten, right? The quarterback on the Eagles was Ron Jaworski, and he goes up to the line of scrimmage, and the Orange Bowl was so loud that he couldn't call his play, so he stepped away from. Well, the he line. was in the shotgun. He was in the shotgun, right? And he, you know, he told the ref, I can't, I can't hear, I can't hear. And the crowd just got louder and they tried to run a play again. And the crowd got even louder. He must've done this seven times, seven times. It was just unbelievable. And then finally, when he did run the play, he threw an interception and the place went crazy. I mean, he wound up throwing a pick and we wound up winning the game 13 to 10. I mean, it was it was just incredible. Such he, a fun game to be in. Oh my, it we, was we on, had so much fun. And it was on Monday night football to boot. So, you, you know, Howard Cosell and um, Gifford and those guys are just like, this is unbelievable. You know, he kept going up and he kept trying to call the plays in you the center. You see Shula on the sideline, a rate, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was hysterical. He was saying, run the friggin' play. You know, you see Shula screaming, you know, just run the play, run the play. And then he finally ran it, and they picked it off, and they wound up winning the game. And while was she awesome. was screaming, Sandusky's standing next to him laughing. It was really funny. It was great. <laughs> it was great. The crowd was just – the Orange Bowl was just something else. I'm so 
fortunate, you're so fortunate, Mike, and whoever else that is listening that was able, that was fortunate enough to go to football games in that Orange Bowl. It was a college atmosphere, and there there was nothing like it. I don't think there was anything like no, it in the there, NFL. No, there is. Not, not, the, not that I've experienced. You know, maybe Seattle is close. You know, there are some stadiums There's some place. Buffalo is, is great, too. But, yep. the, you know, the deciding factor in all that was the fact that the seats were just so right on top of the field that, yep. you know, you couldn't – if you sat low enough, you couldn't even see the players because all the guys on the sidelines were in your way. Were in your way. I mean, so you couldn't get seats that low, but you were literally right on the field. And that's what was so intimidating to other teams is that, man, these fans are literally like 20 yards away from us, you know, when we're in the middle of football games. It, it was it was it just was, awesome. It was incredibly fun. It's crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But, but anyway. we've, we've got more fun uh, now. Uh, yeah. You know, we've got a team that uh, the entire league and everybody's talking about. I mean, their their offense is uh, breaking records. And, uh, you know, this is a team we should be proud of. The question is, where do they go from here? Because the schedule gets tougher. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and this week it starts. I mean, the Eagles are a solid football team. Uh, you know, Guys, here's the thing, right? You look at the offense and, um, you know, it's similar personnel. You know, A-Chain's actually missed a good majority of the season already. I mean, he's been hurt. games, I think. He's been hurt twice already, right? Yep. Yep. So you guys tell me, okay, in your opinions, where the difference is. Because this is basically the same personnel. You know, Connor Williams has missed a few games. Armstead's missed a few games. So, I mean, it's the same personnel. So you guys tell me what the difference is in the offense and why they're breaking records and why they've been so successful, in your opinions. I think it's the play calling. Last year in McDaniel's first year, there was a lot of motion, but it was a lot of the same. This year, he's, it's a lot more creative. You don't know who's getting the ball. And there's a bunch of different motions, too. Like last week, we saw Smythe motion behind Tua on that swing pass to Mostert that we scored on. And it's stuff like that that's just, it's really helped Tua and the rest of the offense just take off. And I think even this week, even though Claypool's only been with us for a couple weeks, I think we're going to see him on some jet sweeps or maybe just as a decoy out there. So for me, it's really just been the play calling. And not only that, we're running the ball. (laughs) We've been saying it for a couple years and we're finally doing it, so... The rushing I think that, game has, and that the play has a calling. lot to do with it, in yeah. my opinion, Chris, because mm-hmm. the defense, you know, doesn't know whether to come up in the box or, exactly. or back up and uh, start doubling the receivers. Yeah, right. so it's it's fun to watch him, but uh, I think there's a lot of factors. I mean, the offensive line is playing better than it did last year. Uh, mm-hmm. The reserves are better than they were last year, for sure. Uh, Lamb and Wynn have actually done a respectable job. I mean, they're not great linemen, but they, they've held their own. Mm-hmm. On defense, you know, we're, we're still putting things together. Once they get that defense uh, ready and Ramsey's back and hopefully not too many others are injured, uh, we should be a better football team. And that's, you know, that's right around the corner. So, you know, we may drop a game or two between now and then, but once he gets back, I think that opens up Fangio to do more things with the defense. And, uh, you know, I think they'll be, like I said, a better team then. For sure. Yeah, they, um, you know, when you, when you look at, um, you know, the play calling, you know, it's still got to be executed, right? I mean, yeah. you know, on that, you know, on that one backward lateral to Moser, you know, it wasn't a bad play. It just wasn't executed properly. Exactly. I mean, it would have went for yardage, you know, Tua just made a bad throw to him. Tua has executed the offense perfectly. I mean, has he made some bad throws? Absolutely. But I mean, every it, quarterback makes a bad throw now and then. That's just life. We're six game. We're six, literally six games into the season, and you know you can count on, you know maybe one hand or you know maybe two. He, he's thrown less than ten uh, bad passes really the whole year, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know he's he's been and he's thrown a lot of he's thrown a lot of footballs. So I mean, he's, yeah, he, he's thrown a lot of footballs down the field. Yes. Whereas last year he was really checking down an awful lot. Well. 
you know, the difference that I see in Tua in regard to the deep throws is the fact that he's doing just what I said over and over again. I mean, Mike, me and you have gone back and forth with this about needing the time. Well, you know, he hits Hill on that long pass last week. It took him two seconds to drop back and just air it yeah. out. And that's yeah. something. Well, Hill, is, Hill is, you know, fast. Incredibly but Hill, fast. But Hill was, he, Mike, I understand Hill is fast. He's the fastest guy, in, you know, at the wide receiver position. But my point is, is that Hill was here last year, too. And yeah. on deep throws, Tua held on to the football entirely too long. I mean, you know, I've said this over and over again. I said it last year over and over again that get the football. Set set your feet and just air it and just float it down the sideline and Hill's going to catch up to it. And if you noticed over the last couple of weeks, that's exactly what's taken place. You know, the yep. sec- first first series of the Giant game last week and uh, I mean, two weeks ago and then last week against Carolina, same exact thing. He just gets the ball, sets his feet, throws throws a fly pattern down the sideline. He held the ball for maybe two, three seconds, and it's a 60-yard touchdown both weeks. Same thing. And it, the same thing's there for Waddle. Uh, me and Chris, when we went to the Giant game, we watched it over and over again. We're like, my God, Waddle's lined up man-to-man outside. He's got that sideline. The guy's not going to keep up with and him. press Just coverage, too, with press one coverage. safety. What yeah. was actually pretty cool about that Tyreek 60-yard uh, touchdown last week was they were interviewing Tua and they asked him, you know, what was his progression on that play? And he said that McDaniel pretty much told them, like, run whatever play you want. So yes. that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that just shows how far Tua's came, come along in this offense to where he knows, you know, like, if McDaniel's given him the option to run whatever play he wants pretty much, then he obviously feels pretty comfortable as compared to last year when, you know, we were seeing the same play over and over and over again. So A lot of, yeah, into the middle of the field. Mike, you said the same thing the week prior, the, you know, the play I was talking about in regard to the opening drive of the second half against the Giants to where Tua called that play. You know, right. he he recognized the fact that he was out there one on one, and he said, "You know what? It, it, this isn't going to happen. There's nobody that's going to cover him. He's going to blow right past him." And that's exactly what took place. Now, you know, we have seen Hill wide open all last year. We saw it over and over again, but Tua kept under throwing. I mean, I'm telling you, it happened at least a dozen times last year to where. We were fortunate enough to get some pass interference calls. Hill did come down with some of them, which became 50-50 balls where they should have been six points. And then some of them were actually intercepted. So, you know, to Tua's credit, you know, he's getting the ball and he's throwing those fly patterns once he gets it. He doesn't even have to worry about an offensive line, you know, holding their blocks for, you know, three, four, five seconds. And they're being successful. and. You know, when you're looking at this team, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, the Eagles, you know, their defensive coordinator, it's like, what, what do I do here? You know, it's like if, if I go man to man on the outside and I bunch up the middle to stop the run, you know, we're, we're going to have a problem with that. You know, if we start doubling up the two guys on the outside, then they're just going to do a lot of you know, balls into the middle of the field. I mean, there's just too, or we're going to run the football. There's just too many different things that we throw at you because of the formations, as Chris mentioned, as both of you guys mentioned. And it creates a million, million problems, especially when we're executing as we are. So I think the Eagles are going to have their hands full on Sunday night, just like every other team that we faced have. You know, I don't think they're, you know, by no means they're going to stop us unless we stop ourselves. You know, I think that's the key to this game is the fact that we don't turn the ball over on offense. Mm-hmm. We convert receptions, okay, into first downs. We have 66.2% of the time when he's passed, he's got a first down. Right. That leads, that leads the league. Yep. Absolutely. And you know what the crazy, let me add to that, Mike. Um, 
they're not even getting the third down a lot of the times. That's they're true. Pick, they're picking up first downs on first or second down immediately. Yep. It's like yep. boom, boom, boom. Okay, guys, you know, we're in the red zone, just like that. I mean, they're not even getting to third down a lot of the times, which, which tells you how successful the play calling and the execution has been up to this point. The receivers have picked up 94 first downs. That leads the league. <laughs> you can go on and on, Mike. Keep it going. This is music to my ears. 40-yard throws, they lead the league with seven. <laughs> Damn, seven. That's yep. Preach it, brother. Preach it. They're second in the league in 20-yard uh, throws. They have 26 behind the Lions, 29. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Okay, uh, Lewis, uh, I'm looking at these, you know, stats and uh, uh, yards of reception, 13.7, leads the league. That's Mm-mm. nuts. You know, they're, they're not playing around. They're, they're getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> Tua has 14 touchdown passes, right? Yep, yep. A-Chan has five rushing touchdowns. Mostert has nine rushing touchdowns. And Ahmed yep. has one rushing touchdowns. So we have 15 rushing touchdowns and 14 passing touchdowns. Well, 15 because I mean, Mike White threw that touchdown. Oh, yeah, Mike White threw to one, too. Yes. Yes. So yes. We, have, we have 30 touchdowns <laughs> already this season. That's insane. And look at how balanced that is. If 15 touchdown passes, 15 touchdown runs. That's well, phenomenal. Lewis, we're leading the league in rushing yards with 1,091. Incredible. And passing yards. <laughs> Yeah. Yards That's... per rush, uh, we lead the league with 6.5. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Listen, you know, I, I'm being awfully cocky, but guys, you know, look at those numbers. I mean, if well, you I'm think. I'm not done. <laughs> There's more. If you think. Okay, go ahead. And I'll, I'll, I'll follow yeah. you up. We lead the league with uh, 15 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> 12 <laughs> have been longer than 20 yards. 12 you know, <laughs> runs have been longer than 20 yards. Seven have been longer than 40 yards. Wow. The 20 yards leads the league. Mm-mm, and mm-mm. Uh, the 740 yard leads the league. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> just about any offensive stat you want to look at, they're, they're either first or second. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, you know, it brings me back to my point. The only way a team is going to stop us is if we turn the ball over and we have foolish penalties. That's it. That's the only way this team's going to be stopped. And, um, you know, as I look around the league and I see some of these offenses and, you know, after watching a Dolphin game, you know, I'm kind of like, wow, they're not even close to being on the same page as us. They're not, these offensive units aren't even close to us. You know, and I'm talking about good offenses. Kansas City up to this point, Cincinnati up to this point. Yeah, they're, they're struggling. The Chargers, you know, if you watch that game the other night, you know, with all the offensive talent that they have, have not been up to par offensively either. So, you know, a lot of credit to Tua, but even more so to McDaniel because he is just, you know, putting their offense in a position where, you know, you don't know what the hell to do. You're scratching your head as a, de- you know, as a defensive player. You know, the only guys that, that maybe have an easy time of it are the defensive guys that are on the line of scrimmage. But those linebackers, those safeties, those corners, I mean, you know, they're looking in 15 different directions because you got one guy going one way, another guy going another way, a guy, you know, just in motion and just taking off at the line of scrimmage as soon as the ball snapped. And, you know, that's the other thing, guys. You know, the execution has to be perfect among the offensive linemen, among the quarterback and the center. The balls are being, you know, snapped at the right time. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. So you can see that they're spending an awful lot of time in practice executing perfectly. And when they get out on the field and they are actually playing these football games, they're they're just doing a phenomenal job in regard to executing it. It's 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 a it's a phenomenal thing to watch. 
All right, what we're going to do is we're going to take a step back for just a couple minutes, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you go back to the Marino days, you know, we were strictly a pass-happy team. This team, you know, as far as the balance that's involved, um, it's the best I've seen in a long time. I mean, the Rams, when they had Marshall Folk and all those guys in the passing game, and Kurt Warner, a quarterback, uh, were probably the closest thing to this as far as I'm concerned. You know, they're just absolutely dominating on, you know, in both aspects of the offense. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is the narrative that, oh, well, they haven't played anybody. And it's like, if you look at the Giants, we played them a couple weeks ago, what they did to the um, Bills. The Bills. Week. Yeah, and then it, you look at Denver. Denver shut down that Kansas City offense. So it's right. like that that whole narrative is just kind of BS. It's horseshit. But at the same time, I think other than maybe Buffalo, this is going to be our, our biggest task on offense going against this Philly defense. So it's definitely going to be a test, and I hope that we show up just like we've showed up every game this season for the most part on offense. Yep. Absolutely. I think we will. I mean, Chris, even in the Buffalo game, you know, me and Mike talked a little bit about this on Monday. You know, the fact that the offense still had 400 plus yards, you know, in that game says a lot. I mean, you know, we, you know, we had a couple of, you know, misfortunate things, you know, I mean, it happens, you know, there was a couple bad passes thrown at times and there were a few penalties that hurt and there were a few fumbles that hurt. So, you know, you factor that all in and the fact that, you know, our defense didn't get any of that back from Buffalo, you know, to kind of even things out. And, you know, there you see the difference, you know, and that was the difference in that game as far as I'm concerned, because early in that game, they were going tit for tat. I mean, Buffalo mm-hmm. was going up the field and we were answering right back for a good, you know, two quarters there. And then, you know, we just started making foolish mistakes. And, you know, in the end, that's what the difference was. But um you know, I think personally that, uh, you know, and we'll, I guess we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to lead into this, uh, you know, talking about the Eagles and how we're going to, you know, approach it on both sides of football. You know, I think that, you know, this situation going in the Philly a night game, I mean, this is just a great, great test for us. And it's something that whether we win or lose this game is going to benefit us down the stretch because this is, you know, on a month, you know, on a Sunday night, in Philadelphia um, against, you know, a Super Bowl team from last year. This is, this is probably, if you look at the schedule, maybe the biggest game, right? I mean, if they were going up to Kansas City and it was a Monday night game, you could, you could probably throw that in there. But this is by far, you know, the most exciting game and the, and the biggest challenge for us, uh, I think, through this whole season. You know, as far as Do you think you know, it's more of a challenge than the uh, Buffalo game we played. Um, at the yeah, up to this point, I think it is, Mike. Absolutely, that Buffalo game was a day game. You know, and it was early in the season. You know, now we're about halfway through, and you know we're the only team playing on Sunday night. It's it's a little bit different situation. You know, I and I'm talking about going forward with the schedule as well. I mean, that was a big test, the Buffalo game. This is going to be a big test. But once we get through this, Mike, if you look at the schedule the rest of the way, there's some games on there that are going to be very challenging, but not nearly as, as big, you know, an audience and as big a situation as we have, 
this coming Sunday night. I think this is the game where we have to go out. We have to show everybody that, hey, you know, we are what we are. We are that type of team. Throw all that bullshit out about who we've played uh, and so on and so forth and say, you know what, this team is really, really good. Whether we win or lose it, we have to go out there, we have to compete, and we have to play a really, really solid football game. Yeah, I mean, you know, you remember, Lewis, you know, when uh, we went undefeated. Right. uh, People were saying the same thing. We didn't play anybody. We didn't play anybody. Well, we played who was on our schedule. Right. I don't care about that. And that's what you're going to do here. I mean, I don't care who we play. We play what our schedule is. And our schedule is what it is because of the way last year shaped up. Mm Mm-hmm. But so, look, look around the NFL and look at the upsets. Yep. Week in and week out, you're looking at games and you're like, how in the uh, hell right. did that how happen? did that happen? I exactly. mean, a little bit better coaching the other night. And with a backup quarterback, the Giants beat Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, just a few coaching decisions. Go ahead, Chris. What were you going to say? No, I was just agreeing. Yeah. That was, that was crazy to see. I mean, it. But this is happening across the NFL. And, you know, I said this on Monday. I'll say it again as well. You know, we're beating these teams like we should be. And, and that's not even with us playing at our best. I still don't think we are there, especially on the defensive side. And yet we're winning by, you know, three, four touchdowns with Tua basically riding the bench the whole fourth quarter to where there's not even a need for him to be in the football game. Yeah. So. You know, there's a lot to be said about dominating other NFL football teams and the fact that we're doing it and other teams are, you know, losing football games. I mean, San Francisco, who's ranked number one, went into Cleveland and lost to a backup quarterback. And I don't care about the conditions. It was their third string quarterback, too. Yeah. You know, so you look at this and... These situations could have happened to us at any point. I mean, we're down to Carolina 14 to nothing early in that game. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that could have changed in a whole different manner. But they took control of the football game. Offensively, they got rolling, and that was it. Game over. You know, it didn't go like that Buffalo Giant game the other night to where they kept competing, competing, competing. And in the end, it took, you know, probably a horrible call in the end zone that cost the Giants. And, you know, a a victory there. So, you know, with all that being said, we're doing what we have to do, like you said, Mike, regardless of who we're playing. It doesn't matter. You're winning football games and you're winning them by touchdowns. So it is what it is. Yep. All right. You'd like to see that streak going. On to the Eagles. Who's talking about what here, Mike? Well, let's let Chris go first this week. Absolutely. All right. Who, Who are you talking about, Chris? The defense or the offense on the Eagles? I'll do our offense versus their defense. Sure. Usually usually I would say we got to run the ball a lot. However, their rush defense is actually really good. I think it was top three. We were looking at it earlier. But their pass defense hasn't been as great. And not only that, they've had some injuries. Uh, I know Darius Slay didn't play last week. I think he might play this week. They just signed Bradley Roby, and I think he's already on the IR. So I think um, we're definitely going to need to establish the run early, but I think we're going to beat him through the passing game. James Bradbury's more of a bigger physical corner on the other side. So I don't think that really – they were talking about that the announcers were in their game last week that he's a bigger physical guy and he has more issues going against, you know, the faster receivers, which we have. So I think, I think we're going to beat him through the air. We're going to need to, Tua's going to have to go through his reads. Our offensive line is definitely going to have to hold their blocks because their defensive line is nothing to play with. But um, I think it's going to be through the air this week, honestly. And who do you, you know, do you think that, um, you know, the running back should really come into play, you know, as far as in the passing game. You know, I oh, yeah, personally, for sure. I think, you know, their extended handoffs, I think that they have to attack Philly in a million different ways. I think this is a game, you know, where you go out and you throw even more wrinkles at, at what they have seen on film. I mean, there's a lot to look at. When you look at the Dolphins game to game, 
and you see the formations and how many different things they do out of those formations, it's a lot to encompass. And then, you know, you throw in the fact that, you know, there may be new wrinkles thrown at them. And I honestly feel that that's what's going to take place this week. I think I do as well. You know, I think you're going to see, you know, a lot more of them possibly, especially if if they in fact get Claypool in the mix to where, you know, you may line him up in the slot and everything. I think you're going to see them spread the Eagle defense out a little bit and make them try and, you know, do something in that manner to where, hey guys, you know what, try to get to us, you know, with your four down linemen, we're going to spread you out. And you're basically going to have to get to two in the three seconds that it takes him to get rid of the football, right? Well, how good is their defensive front seven? Um, they're pretty good, Mike. They're very good. But here's the thing. You know, if you do spread them out, like, I don't think in my, this is, this is my opinion. I don't think you're going to see a lot of in gold on the field and those type of formations. I just don't see it. I think he you're going to. hasn't gonna, played well, to be truthful. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think, you know, you're going to see maybe Smythe out on the field, obviously, at the tight end position, maybe helping Austin Jackson on that side. But I think you're going to see a lot of three receiver sets with one running back or a lot of two receiver sets with both um, Mostert and Ahmed on the field, which they did a lot, you know, once, you know, when Achan was here. You're going to see a lot of that situation with both of those guys becoming possible receivers on any given play. And I think that the Eagles are going to have a hard time trying to defend that um, if we do, in fact, spread them out. We, you know, we don't come out in a base offense, two receivers, tight end, fullback, running back. Don't want to see those formations against this defense because I think you're playing into their strength if you do that. Exactly. I like to see Waddle have a huge game. Yeah. Maybe his breakout game of the season because you know they're going to be doing everything they can to stop Tyreek. But – like I said, with the injuries that they have in their secondary, I think Waddle should have a, a huge game this week. Mm-hmm. And yep. I want to see not two of four speed him, but I want to see a lot of plays get drawn up for Waddle. Yes. And, and a third guy. I mean, I don't care if it's Claypool or Barrios. I think that those guys could be major factors. If you put Barrios in the slot, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he can just destroy them because, you know, it's like he's an afterthought. Like you got Mostert in the backfield and then you got the two guys on the outside. It's like, you know, we've got to concentrate on the running game and then we got to concentrate on these two guys on the outside. And then all of a sudden Barrios is just killing you all over the place. So, you know, they, they, listen, they have every element of the game. Um, they really do. You know, as we go forward with this season, I think Barrios is going to become more and more important. In this offense, um, you know, the tight end is obsolete. You know, Smythe has, what, how many catches this season? I mean, you know, that tells you, you know, their thought process in regard to that. You know, yeah, does he come up with a big catch every once in a while? But he's only been targeted 16 times through the six games, you know? I mean, that's, that's not an awful lot. That's less than three per game. So, Oh, well, we, we understand that, you know, they, they changed their tight end theory. Yes. Absolutely. Without a doubt, Mike. Absolutely. You hit it right on the button. They want him in the running game. Yep. They don't give a rat's ass about having a a receiving type tight end. They just don't. I mean, that's quite obvious at this point. Yeah. Um, They want speed. I mean, I think, you know, not not to get off subject, but if they can find a guy that has a ton of speed at tight end position in the draft next year, you know, they may go after it. But you know, as Chris mentioned, you know, Claypool may fill that role. And I think that that's what they like. They want a more athletic guy playing that sort of tight end position. And rather than having a smite on the field and having a slower foot guy, you know, why wouldn't you rather, you know, why wouldn't you want Claypool out there, right? And, you know, playing that to where he's an athletic, big, strong guy with some speed. So, you know, that's what they want. That's what McDaniel wants. And, um, you know, I mean, it's it's not a bad philosophy, obviously, because everything seems to be working up to this point. No doubt. How do you think Miami's going to contain Goddard? <laughs> Goddard. Well, we got to first worry about the quarterback, Mike. I mean, it starts and ends with Hurts. Um, you know, the the key to the key to the the key to us slowing them down 
is going to be simply through Hurts. It's it's you know their running game. I mean, Swift is is good. I mean, he's been really good. Gainwell's been okay. You know, he's averaging three point four yards a carry. He hasn't done really well. And you know, him and Swift are basically you know splitting. They were splitting the load, and now you know it seems like uh, Swift has taken over, and he's averaging five point three a carry, which is right up there, Mike, among the leaders. So. You know, he's no slouch at the running back position, but, you know, the key to this offense is, is, is Hurts, Jalen Hurts. You know, it, it's, it's just that simple. And the defensive line has got to put pressure on him. They have got to keep him in the pocket. They cannot let him outside to create with his legs or his arm. You know, you're going to run into a lot of problems if you give him the time to throw whether it's in the pocket or if it's him escaping our initial pass rush. Um, you're no, going to run. Not, he's not afraid to run up the middle either. No, he, not at all. By no means. I mean, that, that tush push is horse shit. Hopefully we don't get into a lot of situations <laughs> to where, you know, they, they, they're able to do that over and over again because, you know, it's just, you know, it's, an, it's really impossible to stop when you got a guy that big at quarterback, then getting pushed by big guys behind them yep. into that line of scrimmage. You know, you're not going to stop it. So hopefully we, you know, avoid any situations like that. But the thing with Hurts up to this point in the season, six games in, you know, he's turned the ball over eight times, seven by interception, one by fumble, and he's been sacked 14 times. And, you know, we've got to add to those numbers this week. You know, I think, you know, two, three turnovers and, you know, three or four sacks goes a long way in us winning this football game. And, you know, how do you do that? Well, you know, I think that their offensive line, pretty solid, right? You know, our defensive line's got to control that line of scrimmage. They've got to keep him in the pocket. And, you know, you have to have your corners play against these receivers exceptionally well. You know, it's going to take the whole unit. It's going to take a little bit, a little bit more, I think, creativity on Fangio's part. Um, I don't think this is the type of offense that you can basically have the same philosophy that you had going against the Giants and going against the Carolina Panthers and even the Patriots. You know, earlier in the season, you know, I think that they're going to have to change things up a little bit. They're going to have to show, you know, hurts a little bit more than what they've shown. Um, up to this point in the season to maybe confuse them a little bit, have them hold on to that football a little bit longer, maybe throw into coverage. But they, you know, they can't play the same type of defensive philosophy that they have over the last couple of weeks. Because if if they in fact do, I think they're you know they're just playing right into the Eagles' hands and Hurts' hands. You know, they have to, they have to make things happen and they have to bring it to them. You know, they have to. They can't be passive against this offense. They're just too good to be passive against. You know, you, you can pick and choose your times when you want to be aggressive, but it has to happen at a more frequent uh, amount of times than it has been over the course of the season up to this point. All right, guys, we're going to break for a few moments, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah, for me, um, I think the key – is to stop their run game early and make them one-dimensional because right now they're averaging as a team 150 yards rushing per game. They have 900 yards on the season. So And seeing what other teams have been able to do, even Carolina last week in that first quarter, I think that they're going to try to get physical and try to just run the ball down our throat to start the game. Right. There's a key factor who might be out for them, and that's Lane Johnson, their right tackle. I know he got hurt last week, and um, when he got hurt during that game, it was noticeable because after that, I mean, Hertz was running for his life the whole game. So I'm pretty sure that it's going to be Phillips on that side. And if Lane Johnson doesn't play, I mean, he he really just has to dominate, stopping the run and getting to Hertz. And not only just getting to Hertz, because we saw it, pretty much throughout his whole career that it's not just about getting to Hurts. You have to bring him down, even if yes. there's two guys there, because we've seen him break out of stuff that we're just like, how the hell did he just do that? So 
that to me is is the biggest key is stopping the run and then like Lou said earlier, keeping Hertz in the pocket, not allowing him to get outside and create and or take off running, you know. Lewis, I asked a question and I really didn't get an answer. How do you cover Goddard? <laughs> Mike, I would put AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and DeAndre Swift above and beyond as important as more important to stop than I would Godard. Godard, you know, Godard is what he is. He's a, he's an outstanding tight end, but you got bigger issues here, you know, on this <laughs> offense. I mean, he, you well, know, you, you got to stop all three, but I, you know, specifically, how would you stop Goddard? I mean, you have to put a safety on him. You can't put a linebacker on him. I mean, you know, it's, and that's it. You know, I'm not double covering him. I mean, you know, he's AJ Brown's like a, a major concern to me. I mean, go okay, to def- definitely to, to me, you know, to me, you have to, you put a safety on him. And you roll the dice. I mean, you can't have Jerome Baker or Long covering him down the field because he's going to kill you all day. You, you saw what Thielen did to us, right, last yeah. week. Yeah. You know, you could put Godard in that situation and, you know, he, he'll be just as effective. Um, you know, their third receiver right now, you know, Zacchaeus, however you pronounce his name, um, you know, he's basically their third guy. Um, they don't technically have, you know, a, a third receiver. I mean, the, no, these they don't numbers. Need one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watkins is, you know, his numbers are minuscule. He's on the IR. He's Watkins. on the IR, and his numbers were minuscule even prior to that. So, you know, Godart is their third receiver, absolutely. But mm-hmm. again, you know, he's their third receiver. Um, you have to, you know, you, you can't you can't double up on him because if you do that, then that means AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are man to man, and those guys can create bigger problems much further down the field. So, you know, you saw what happened last week. You know, yeah, he Thielen did get his catches, and yeah, they did score some points. But you know, in the end, if he's catching, you know, these short passes and you know, moving the chains and everything, that's fine. You know, you just don't want A.J. Brown getting chunk plays or Smith chunk plays down the field to where they're going up the field and scoring easy touchdowns. You know, make them work the ball down the field. If they want to throw the ball to Godart, you know, 50 times in this game, great. I love it. You know, throw it to him. You know, keep the, you know, you're not putting it in the hands of the receivers. That means somebody else is doing a job well. And, you know, and Swift, the same thing. You know, I don't want to see him catching or running the ball successfully against us. So. You know, I think you just play a man-to-man, Mike, and you roll the dice. And, you know, that may be a, a mismatch for us. It probably will be. And he'll probably get, you know, he'll get some, some yardage and, you know, maybe score a touchdown. But, you know, I'm more concerned with a lot of the other guys on this football team than, than him at this point. And what's unfortunate for – what's up, Mike? No, I was going to ask you a question. Yeah. High-scoring game or low? I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think our defense is going to struggle against their offense, and I think that their defense is going to struggle against our offense as well. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it. And what were you going to say, Chris? As far as Goddard, the unfortunate thing for us, especially with X-Men playing hobbled if he does play this week, is there's not really much we can do. You know, We're pretty light at the cornerback position, so it's not – I mean – we're, like like Lou said, we're definitely not going to double team him, but there's just not really much we can do with those guys on the outside and us being short on that position. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of safety help on Goddard over the middle, but also you don't want to focus too much on that because then, you, like we said, we got the guys on the outside. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And then even Swift coming out of the backfield has 30 targets on the year. Yeah. So that's just that that's just a whole nother factor that we have to think about. And yeah, I would love our defense to bring it and really just punch him in the mouth from the first snap of the game. But I think our defense is going to have some struggles against this offense, even though this offense has not looked like they did last year. Well, here's here's a here's a major. I mean, you 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 hit it perfectly, Chris. I mean, DeAndre Swift out of the backfield catching the football is is big for them. but. 
you know, depending on how Fangio wants to approach this, I mean, this, they don't really, if depending on the formations, right? If they come out with Godert as their third receiver, I mean, the ideal thing to do, the ideal thing to do, and this is something that they should consider, is putting Eli Apple on Godart and having Kahoo play whoever's lined up on that side. Now, if they line up A.J. Brown on Kahoo, you know, he's got a size advantage. You know, he's a much bigger, stronger guy. But if Devontae Smith is out there with Kahoo, you know, I like that matchup and I like Apple on Godart more so in the middle if he's playing in the slot. Because, you know, Apple's a physical guy and he yeah. can probably do a good job on a tight end like Godert. But again, you know, it just depends on, you know, whether Fangio goes out there and has his outside guys covering, covering the outside guys and not really playing a, sort of a man-to-man situation. Because I would love to see that. I just don't think they're going to do it. But I think that you know, as they line up and you look at those three guys as being their top three receivers, I like that matchup much better where Apple, you know, a physical guy is going against a tight end like Godert. And then, you know, you have Kahoo and you have X-Man playing their two wideouts. Either yeah, way, agree. either way, it's a tough situation, but ideally that's what they should do. And I'm just not sure if, you know, if in fact he would do that. I think he's just going to keep the outside guys. What's outside. your prediction, Lewis? The prediction. Um, you know what? From what I've seen of both teams, Mike, you know, I know you got to factor in Sunday night and the Eagles being home. I, I like the Dolphins. I really do. I think it's going to be a, a, a nip and tuck game. And I think that if the defense goes out and even gets a couple of turnovers, I think it's going to be the difference in this football game. And I think the Dolphins edge this out like 28 24. Chris? For the first time this season, oh, I I don't. I think we have a chance to win, but them being home, our defense being banged up. I mean, we'll see if Connor Williams plays because I feel like that's going to be huge. I know Eichenberg did a great job last week, but Carolina's front is not Philly's front. So it's I'm going to yeah, say it's not Carolina's front. You mean? Yeah, I'm going to say. We lose the game, thirty-one to twenty-eight. And that's uh, <laughs> that's not what we want to see, Chris. <laughs> no, I know. Trust me, I'm I'm usually the more optimistic one. But like I said, I mean, we're we're banged up. We're on the road Sunday night, and Philly's coming off of a loss too. So they're they're gonna they're gonna be ready to bring it. I just hope that we can. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Yeah, the injuries are key. I mean, if you have Williams out and you have X-Man out, obviously that would change the prediction. I'm, I'm predicting that score, you know, with the fact that those two guys are actually playing, and we'll know more later on today. Go ahead, Mike. So you got a prediction. I do. I, I'm, I'm thinking more in line with you, Lewis. I, I, I think we have the ability to win this game. And uh, for that to happen, they're going to have to play their best game. That's, there's no question about that. And, you know, they were awesome in, in, you know, against Denver. I don't mean they have to score 70 points, but they have to play their best game. Mm-hmm. They've got to cover the receivers. They've got to not let the pressure of the crowd get to them. And, uh, you know, two has got to be efficient. And then, you know, not not give the ball back to uh, Philadelphia too often. I'm going to say I think it's a high-scoring game, and uh, I think it probably lands somewhere 41-38. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Dolphins? Yes. Wow. Interesting. Sanders, a game-winning kick with three seconds left on the clock. <laughs> wow. All right. I like I it. Love I like it. I love yeah, that. I love that. That'd be awesome. Um, did we, before we go, cause I know we're nearing the end here. Did we talk at all about the fact that Ramsey's already practicing that we just got word of that? We, t- uh, we t- touched on it earlier, I think, but yeah, go ahead. We say did. What you say. Okay. Yeah. I thought we had talked about it prior to getting on, but yeah, I Maybe. mean, the fact that Ramsey is going to be back sooner than later is a major plus. I mean, going forward and you know, um, the fact that all of these guys, are going to be coming back around the same time. 
between A-Chan and him and Armstead possibly. Uh, what a boost down the stretch for the second half of the season or, or the bottom third of the season, right? I mean, the most important sure. part of the season. Exactly. exactly. I was just about to say that. You're getting Pro Bowl players back at a lot of different positions. And I mean, wow. I mean, what a plus. You know, so if we can get through these next couple of weeks, you know, with a couple of more wins, we're going to be in really good shape down the stretch, guys. Yeah, and, and it's uh, good. I, I want to see the center play. If he doesn't play, that changes a lot because uh, – Williams. Yeah, because yeah. then two is going to be under pressure a lot more often. And I don't want to For see sure. That. Going to see yep. a much quicker passing game, Mike. You're absolutely yep. right. You know, they're going to be getting rid of the ball quite a, quite much faster. And, you know, I think running game-wise, it, it, you know, Williams would obviously be a big help as well in the running game. Yes. What do you have? You had something, Chris? Yeah, it's going to – um, like I said, we're obviously dealing with injuries, but so are they. I mean, Jalen Carter didn't play last week. Darius Slay didn't play last week. I mentioned Lane Johnson got knocked out of that game. So, I mean, those three guys are huge for them. So, yes. I think once once we get to a little bit later in the week and more injury reports come out, we'll be able to get a better feel as to how the game's going to go. Yeah, Mike, you know? so let's come back. In a couple of days, just do a five-minute podcast with a new prediction from each of us <laughs> once we have, you know, the injury reports in and we know who's playing and who's not. Then we can come back and have, you know, <laughs> a whole new situation there and a whole new prediction on the game. So how about that? Well, I think I'm going to stick with my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I think. Okay, good enough. All right. All right, guys, thanks for uh, joining me this morning, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back after the game. All Until right. Until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up. Let's go to Philly and ring that Liberty Bell. Ding, 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 ding. Fins up. All right, Finn fans, that's today's show. I want to thank the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Sports Social Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. They've got articles and uh, podcasts, which I think you'll enjoy. All right, until next week, be well and take care. Network.